In the morning, the new day's dawning. It's me, it's me. Now realizing my responsibilities. It's me. My husband always on my mind. You wanna be a come on. I like the slight. I like the slight switch up in the in the later seasons when it's just a tad bit different. It's very subtle, but it's. I always sing the the later season theme. I don't ever sing the first season one. It is, and shout out to all the shows who change their their theme songs like after a few seasons. everyone this is alex and this is M. welcome to the latest episode of the good the bad the basic this is a podcast for tv lovers movie buffs and binge watchers of all ages on this podcast we'll be discussing what we loved what we hated and what's just a bit problematic about the tv and movies that we're addicted to and do a bit of rewriting where necessary for much more exclusive content, become a show producer on Patreon and get access to after-the-episode outtakes, curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join us at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the last seasons of the UPN's runaway hit series, Moesha. This series takes us through the life of the Black girl next door as Moesha navigates relationships with friends, boyfriends, family, and herself. So what do we think made this series so exciting and groundbreaking? Stay tuned. All right, everyone, if you haven't tuned into last week's episode, you need to stop right now and go get into that because we are discussing the back half. And just to refresh your memory, if you were with us, Moesha is a sitcom created by Ralph Farquhar, Sarah W. Sarah V. Finney, and Vita Spears. It was released from January 23rd, 1996 until May 14th, 2001. It aired on the UPN network for a total of six seasons and 127 episodes. The series stars Brandy Norwood as Moesha Denise Mitchell, our protagonist, William Allen Young as Franklin Mitchell, aka Frank, who is Moesha's father, Cheryl Lee Ralph as Deirdre Mitchell, Moesha's stepmother, known as Dee, Countess Vaughn as Kimberly Ann Parker, aka Kim, Lamont Bentley as Hakeem Campbell, Char Jackson as Denise Jackson, a.k.a. Nisi. These three are Moesha's best friends. Um, Marcus T. Polk as Miles. And William Ray Norwood Jr., a.k.a. Ray J., as Dorian Long, Moesha and Miles' cousin-slash-half-brother. So these are our major players in the back half, at least. Let's jump into Season 4. Season four was 22 episodes long, and season four um, would be the last season on which we saw Countess Vaughn's character. Right. So Kim gets her, um, Kim's getting, Countess Vaughn is getting her own spinoff, aka the Parkers, right? Right. 
because, I mean, I think by this time, the situation between them is, like, untenable. Brandy and Countess Vaughn, like, it can't, mm-hmm. like, it, it can't continue. And, and the network was willing to to do the spinoff. And, and she deserves it anyway. Kim is the most entertaining part of the show. But I will say that, like, I think Moesha does lose something. Um, it does lose something specific when she leaves. Right. I'm glad that the writers were smart enough to understand Countess Vaughn's star power because she could carry a show and she proved that um, with the success of the Parkers, which we will talk about um, next week. But she proved that, like, she can do this. Um, And, you know, I don't know what the situation was between Countess and Brandy, but I'm glad that she didn't just leave the show to fade away somewhere into mediocrity um she got her own show we love that for her um so she leaves after season four this season um frejo star left the main cast last season season three and he only makes a guest appearance in one episode this season he continues to make guest appearances through the end of the series but um he was only a season uh, a series regular in seasons two and three um, and this is where we get that like very infamous new overhaul theme song that we love so much that our new right. theme song runs all through the back half. Right. And it's, it's a, yeah, it's a new theme song. The sound is really just updated to match. I think the sound that sort of took over in the early two thousands. Um, when mm-hmm. basically when dark child came on the scene and just like slayed the game. Um, right. Uh, so it's updated to fit that, and it's in the and it's also just very subtle. Brandy very subtly like changes it too, um, and it sounds great. And it's also where we get that cool like red intro, and the girls are like dancing, and it's all three of them. Love it. it Millie is a sitcom, but all the episodes are loosely connected together. Um, they definitely connect the the season finales and the openers together. And so we kick off season four with an episode, but it's from Miles's perspective. Um, if you, pretty much every episode of Moesha starts with like, you know, that do, 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 <laughs> like with that, that musical we, we know the Moesha writing in her journal music. Writing <laughs> <laughs> her journal music. And we hear like a little voiceover from Mo about like what the theme of the episode is. But this time we have uh, the Moesha writing in her journal, but it's Miles. And essentially this episode is Miles reeling from the fact that Moesha is still not living in their home. Right. And that Moesha has like, permanently not permanently but like has been at andell's for like like almost half a year now trauma trauma there's a really good job to show like the passage of time or like how things have changed um now that that moesha's gone d and frank and everybody like come into the kitchen and instead of everybody like sitting down and eating breakfast everybody just sort of takes their stuff and they leave and they sort of don't realize that miles is still there and that he's like really suffering from his sister being gone and we get to see the consequence like the real consequence of moesha leaving and how she is such an integral part of this family unit and why she she drives this family and in the show really it's interesting um the family really does fall apart without her but what i found more interesting than miles is suffering which i guess i related to more when i was younger because miles and i are the same age (laughs) 
because Miles and I were the same age, I was feeling him when I first saw, um, you know, this season at that age. But as an adult, all I can think about is Frank and the fact that, like, your child didn't steal from you. They didn't drop out of school. They're not taking drugs. They're not involved in illegal activity. And you, I won't even say pride, you have too much ego to ask your teenage daughter, who literally anything could happen to out here in these streets, to come home? Right. No, it's <laughs> like, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> and like, so, like anybody, honestly, but if I have a daughter who's out here in these streets and I know what goes on out here in these streets now, I'm not gonna, like, I don't care. I don't care how upset you are. I don't care how upset I am. We're going to come, we're going to have a, a, a come to Jesus moment. We're going to sit at the round table and work this out because my child's not going to be out here sleep, couch surfing, sleeping on the street, sleeping God knows where. Because it's, and what's interesting to me is as controlling as he is, you would think he would want her back home where he can keep an eye on her. He's like, well, yeah. And, he, but his response is like, well, if Moesha thinks she's grown, like what? And luckily there's like, I mean, cause Moesha is living at Andell's, right? Um, so luckily there is Andell who is, who is housing and now feeding and, and taking care of her. But like, come on, like, this is ridiculous. And I, I'm also upset at like D. I, I don't understand why D does not just like end this madness, but she doesn't. She's just like, well, I guess. And I hate that the way that the show frames it too, like, cause the show, like the show um, is like, well, you know, Moesha and Frank are both wrong in their own type of way. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like one person is like a toxic ass parent and the other is like a child, no matter how grown she quote unquote acts, mm-hmm. she's like six, like, this is ridiculous. Like, stop this. <laughs> right. And you know, one more time for the people in the back, she's not stealing She's not in doing anything illegal. She's not on drugs. She hasn't dropped out of school. Her grades aren't failing. Like, there's literally no reason for Frank to even be behaving this way. This is, he, literally, yeah, this is, the only justification of his behavior is that my house, my rules, whatever I say goes, period. Right. Like, this is a, this is a falling out literally over, over uh, the fact that she dared to express her own autonomy and that she thought that she might have had sex with someone. Like, that she might have had sex with Usher. Like, it's ridiculous. And I didn't... I had forgotten this part, but I had recently remembered it. I didn't even bring up the fact that, like, another part of, like, the big fight that that breaks the camel's back between Frank and Moesha is, like, Moesha um, gets a tattoo. And uh, she... And then she wears, like, this cute little age-appropriate crop top to, like half show it off and like Mm -hmm. I need to be I need to stress this like it's barely showing the tattoo like it's so it like you can see the bottom of the tattoo and he sees her in this very cute very age-appropriate crop top and he calls her a slut like I mean he's a really he's literally a crazy person Right. Like I've seen shows like this, especially with with teenage girls, especially with 
black teenage girls where the father sees something and he's like, go cover up. This is a very infamous line in Clueless as well, right? Where Cher comes down wearing that white Calvin Klein dress. And he's like, what are you wearing? And she's like, it's a dress. And he's like, says who? Calvin Klein. And he's like, well, put something on over it. And she puts on the sheerest of the sheer (laughs) little (laughs) throw on the dress. Like, I've seen fathers do that. Cover up. Put on more clothes. But to call your daughter a slut, you're crossing a fucking line, sir. Like, exactly. Like, it's such a huge line that's crossed. And, like, he says, and, like, let me clarify. Like, he does say, like, it's, she doesn't say slut. Like, but the meaning is slut. He says, you look like a little tramp. But, like, the meaning is is absolutely, like, like you're, you look like you're fast. I mean, telling your daughter she looks like a tramp isn't any different. I mean, tramp is slut is hoe for boomers anyway. (laughs) So, So, um, but like the way he says it, like that, that's absolutely the meaning behind it is that like, you're like, you're like, you're a hoe, like you're a whore. Like they're in this like uh, war of like wills and the show frames it as if like they're both wrong. And so then Frank's mother comes for her birthday or his birthday. And even she's like, why won't you ask Moesha to come home? And he's like, I'm tired. And Frank is like, I'm just tired of everybody talking to me about Mo. <laughs> like, he's like, what about me? <laughs> what about my I'm feelings? tired of everyone caring more about my teenage daughter than me, an adult. <laughs> and Miles is also, I think, just, you know, reeling. So Miles tries to, like, parent trap the situation. It just backfires. The show resolves it by Frank and Moesha just sort both sort of being like, oh, well, we were both wrong. And like, I'm and Moesha's like, well, I, but I'm going to be the, and I want to come back home for miles or whatever, or we're going to, we're going to, essentially we're going to pretend that everything's fine. And it's, it's not a good resolution. It's, it's ham fisted. It's not that it's not particularly well written, but it does get our characters all back in the same place again. And the show really does a horrible job when it comes to dealing with um, Frank and Moesha specifically because the writers are just as stubborn as Frank. They refuse to put Frank in a position of humility. Yeah, the show does not want to admit that Frank is wrong. Like the show, and it's weird, like they're, they're trying to admit it but not admit it at the same time, which is why I find this, the the fact that we even get this fracture and then the resolution, the whole plot point is really interesting to me because it feels as if the writers are like, like, I don't know if they had gotten feedback or, or how they, they measured this, but it's as if somebody in the room finally stepped up and was like, Frank's behavior is really toxic and we have to address it somehow on the show. Like we can't continue to pretend that all of this behavior that he's, is justified in some way. And then it and it feels like half of the writers agreed and then half of them didn't. And this was like the conclusion that they came up with. You know what I mean? Right. Or they realized they had really painted themselves in a corner and that Frank had crossed too many lines. They didn't want to make him too apologetic because they didn't want Moesha to um, be vindicated in that way and have children seeing a parent apologizing to a child because I feel like that's almost like a TV and, 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 and film taboo parents apologizing to children. 
um, it's seen right. as a form of weakness or something. <laughs> no, I agree. And I, and I know, like, I'm sure like a black writer's room even more. So it was like, would be like, no, like that little girl disrespected her parents or something ridiculous. Right. And I'm just like, y'all full of shit. I'm going to just put that out there. Normalize parents apologizing to children. If you're wrong, you know you dead ass wrong. Um, apologize to your child. That's still a person. Oh, yeah. Please. Please. But once they get home, we do get... I will say, like, as much as ham-fisted as it is, their sort of reconciliation... I like that the show doesn't pretend that everything's fine. Because in the next subsequent episodes, we get... Miles, once again, we get, like, Miles saying that, like, everything isn't okay. And the fact that it's weird that Moesha and Frank are living in this home and don't want it and are pretending things are fine and they're not. And mm-hmm. we get um, we get to see, like, Miles in therapy. Uh, like, right? Everybody, everybody goes to right, therapy. Everybody goes to therapy. therapy. Mm-hmm. But it was Miles that was going first. And it was Miles that was going more than anyone. And then... Um, they all had, like, a family session together. Um, and then we have, like, a weed episode where, like, Miles is, like, smoking weed. That fe- That is really dated. It feels super mm. dated. But um, they attach the weed smoking to this idea of, um, to this plot of, like, the family is fractured and nobody's dealing with their issues. And this is the way that he chooses to act out. Right. Honestly, the weed episodes are very outdated and every every TV show that aired that ran from I want to say the late 80s to the early 2000s did one of these very special episodes about the dangers of smoking marijuana. I think the most hilarious one goes out to hands down, especially cuz they didn't mean it to be hilarious, Seventh Heaven. Check that one out. If I were Miles, I'd be smoking weed too. And I'd be in therapy too. Because how could you not with a father like Frank Mitchell? So I think they probably did it better than all the other episodes. Because if you're going to say that weed is bad, then you got to give us a good reason that someone would be smoking it. Like they're going through some bad shit, right? (laughs) Right. I did have to give Moesha some credit because this was the first time I'd ever seen a black family or any family for that matter in therapy on television. Right. And like even... Same, like, and that is that part's really cool. And a black therapist, right? Yes, we love to see it. We love to see it. I kind of love that about the show too. They 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 did a, a Moesha and Smart Guy both did a really good job of showing us black people in in high spaces. Like anything that the family needed, they could procure from a black person. Is what I'm saying to you. So I love that. I love that they went to a black therapist because race will always be a factor in mental health. Um, This behavior of Frank's in particular and how he treats both his children. Like if he were white and he had white friends, they would have been told him that he's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Like Um, she's not even, she's not even sleeping around. She's a straight A student, man. What are you doing? You sound ridiculous right now, Frank. Come on, man. Let's come down to the bar with us. Have a drink. Take a load off. (laughs) I know they're like ridiculous, so 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 crazy. Any plot lines in any particular episodes that stood out to you? Where Moesha meets Brandy. <laughs> oh um, yeah, if that's, that's, if that's a not one. a major flex, if that's not a flex, I don't know what is. Oh my gosh, uh, yes, it's promoting the Never Say Never album too, which would be like, like one of her biggest biggest rec- like albums records. Right, we love it. It's a flex. We love it. Um, the the episode four, Psych 
your psyche, your mind, the one where D convinces everybody to go to therapy with Miles. That's a great episode. Episode seven, a terrible thing happened on my tour of college where we see Big Pun, R.I.P., the birth control episode where we find that I find out that Nisi's having sex and then Moesha decides to um to uh get on birth control because she's trying to be with her man. Her man right now is Aaron. That's a great episode as well. I really think season four came came through heavy. I love that for season four because this is the time where a lot of other shows would start slacking off. I don't think these episodes were as humorous. As they were, I do think everything in the the latter half of this show became much more intense and very message heavy, um, a little lighter on the comedy. But I think it's it's it was for the best. Same. I think season four, season three are like probably the strongest seasons of Moesha, which I think that's. I mean, as we've been doing this for a while, we I think we find that with most shows. Season three, season four, are like the strongest seasons. I did want to talk really quickly a little bit about, before I talk about some some of my episodes that I like, Kim has decided that she's not, she's going to like a fashion technical school, but she's not really going to college. And Moesha says something about like how she's dumb. And Kim is like, no, like I might not be good at books, but I'm good at other things. Like I can do fashion and that can like take me places. And I'm just like, yo, Kim is such a force. She is. She is. I mean, and she does end up going to college on the Parkers. Like, she goes to community college. Um, and that's covered this season as well. Like, her mom never got to um, to go to college either. So, um, um, her mom, Monique, in episode 18, gets um, completes her high school diploma, gets her GED, and she enrolls in the same community college. That's where we get the premise of the Parkers. Episode 18, It Takes Two, is a backdoor pilot for the Parkers. You know, the point is, Kim's always had great taste. She's always been dripping in swagoo from from episode one, season one. Um, right. This isn't this isn't something that catches the audience off guard or seems to come out of nowhere. <laughs> Right, That's it's just in fashion. It, it it it's always been there. Right, right. Because like I mean, she's her fits are like like we said, her fits are amazing. Um, another thing I want to mention is that like so in the beginning of season four, we get uh, there's a new friend that joins Moesha's friend group, and um, he just hangs around in in a in a bunch of episodes. Um, and his name is Antonio. Their fun little Latinx friend, and he is basically the door for like a really horrible really cringe-worthy, like, Black Latinx tensions episode <laughs> that will come uh, late in the season. So the episode goes like this. It, there's a mural. Basically, Moesha eventually goes back to Crenshaw to finish out her senior year because Bridgewood is horrible. And all of her friends are, all of her real friends are at Crenshaw anyway. There is a wall in the school at the school and Antonio's an artist and Antonio decide and Antonio's given um permission by D who is the principal to paint a mural on this wall and so he paints this mural of Cesar Chavez and uh that like revolution and uprising and and uh it's a tribute to Cesar Chavez and like migrant workers and um labor rights and all of that good stuff and everyone applauds it and then 
But then for some reason, Mo, who has been given this, um, she's been given this like morning news broadcast, senior news broadcast. She's like, why couldn't somebody, why couldn't we get like a black hero painted on the wall instead? Why do we have to look at this Cesar Chavez thing? And it, it's, it's dumb to say the least. Yeah, I mean, not to say that Moesha's the most culturally sensitive or culturally aware person. This is something I could actually see her doing, like, as a character. <laughs> However, it's dumb on the show because these shows constantly did this in the 90s, um, put, you know, a Black person against other group of color to show how, quote-unquote, racist Black people are. Uh, Jesus, the Steve Harvey show did it. There was another show, uh, uh, Nick Renfro, Licensed Teacher, I, I believe that show was called, did it. Um, there were a couple, there were quite a few shows in the 90s that did this. Like, oh, black people are racist against Latinos. Black people are racist against fill-in-the-blank Asian group. Um, I just, why is it necessary? Right, and Especially like, in a place like, I'm sorry. No, I, no, no, you, you go. Quickly. Especially in a place like Crenshaw, um, where we know for a fact that all throughout LA in that particular area, we have legitimate tensions between Blacks and non-Black Latinx groups because of um, turf wars and gangs. It's not. It's definitely not one-sided. Right, and that's and and therein lies my crux. Like like in that there lies my like issue with the episode is that, like, it makes it seem as if... First of all, none of these children are in gangs. <laughs> none of them. Right. Um, so, y- second, um, it makes it seem as if, like, it's all equal opportunity when there's no talk of, like, the rampant anti-Blackness in, Latin- in Latinx communities. Um, there's no... It- it's just disingenuine. It feels like when somebody like in the like a black person in the diaspora like wants to just like shit on african americans and so like they find a reason right without wanting to understand like the the new the the nuance of the situation that's what this episode was right and it always has that like i'm one of the good negroes overtones (laughs) the reason why what really gets me (laughs) about like them supposedly being angry over like a labor rights or migrant workers celebrating like migrant workers or um being mad that it's about like Cesar Chavez is like um we have the same type of revolutionaries like so like what exactly are you upset about like you know what I mean right 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 like you know, online sometimes I often see people referring to Black Americans as settlers, which I hate. I mean, you know what? Go ahead and call me a settler because I'm an immigrant. Um, you know, call the first and second gen kids settlers. But don't call Black Americans settlers. They didn't choose to come here. Right. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, like, I must have missed that part. Like, um, please. They didn't choose to come to here. Like, slaves are not settlers, darling. That's not how that works. That's not how that (laughs) works at all. Black people wouldn't be upset that you're celebrating your own sort of, like, revolutionaries, like, by, like, 
indirect action also helped like black latinx migrant workers like free themselves from oppression that's what i was getting at like black people don't do that like could not imagine any black high schooler going to a high school a predominantly black and latinx high school both and then like maybe and like maybe it's called martin luther king jr high school and then there's like a mural of like caesar chavez on a wall or something like both people have been honored. You know what I mean? Like, no, I just right. don't see it. Like, I, I don't see it. You know, if you want to talk about um, non-Black non, uh, Latinx students, like, mouthing off like nigga, which they do often. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, they do. Very, very, and, and then calling Black people roaches. And mm. then somebody decided to, like, clot, like, clock you like now that or be or then respond in kind with wetback now then okay then okay I understand like that's more that's a more complicated picture you know what I mean right 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 but you know it this 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 cements the point I was making earlier when it comes to black people and other non-black POC groups those tensions often work both ways and those tensions are usually instigated by other groups anti-blackness um or on um, black americans xenophobia usually both right um some, but this, some, it, it's it's never a one-way street where it's just black americans just attacking other folks for no reason and like you said we're fine with them fighting their own fights don't ask us to fight your fights but i've never once seen a black person seeing um you know latinos fighting for themselves asians fighting for themselves and be like that's stupid Sit down right, or like, why aren't oh you God, talking you about me right now? Like, literally, one more thing. Only because we like kind of mentioned it. So, before Moesha goes back to Crenshaw, um, there is a oh, they there's like a episode about like a cotillion where this cotillion happens, and at and Mary Ellen from Bridgewood, the the really mean light skin girl, um, she's part of the cotillion and she's doing her whole like mean light skin girl vibe thing until she's mysteriously told that she has to drop out. And I only bring this up because last time we were talking about how good girls get pregnant. Well, the episode is, is that Mary Ellen gets pregnant and that's why D and all the other women in the, the cotillion group force Mar- Mary Ellen to drop out. And um, when Moesha hears about it, Moesha's like, goes to the board and says like that's not fair she's graduating like everybody else like it happens so what she got pregnant it happens like that like she shouldn't force her out and I was and Moesha like really puts herself on the line to stand up for this Mary Ellen girl in fact she rallies the rest of the girls on the cotillion to be like we're all gonna boycott this cotillion um and, or we're and we're gonna have our own. We're all gonna boycott this cotillion because, like, this could be any of us. Like, any of us could have wound up, up pregnant, and it's not fair what they're doing to Mary Ellen. And of course, the rest of the girls bail on her, <laughs> but um, she stages like, but she stages her own like alternate cotillion that she invites Mary Ellen to to show up, but she, but it's not part of Dee's group and all, and none of the girls come. Most of the girls go to the, the, the one that was already being held that Mary Ellen got forced out of. 
but Moesha's the only one that goes to her little alternate cotillion uh, that she's that she put on. But I l- loved it because it was such a poignant episode, and I loved. Um, I love that the show reminded us that Moesha is like a person of like with real integrity and, and thinking and, and, you know, and I love the sort of message of how um, sometimes when you do the right thing, like you are going to be out here by yourself. Like you're, no one is going to support you. That's just how that goes sometimes. It's like, it's just a really beautiful poignant episode. Yeah. I mean, I love the episode for all the reasons you mentioned, but a part of me will never stop hating episodes where, like, Black girls do emotional labor for other people, in- mm. including people who would never do that for them. Mm. Um, and a part of me also hates that, um, like, Moesha has no attachment to the situation except the cause. Um, I-, I-, I almost get tired of of seeing Black women in particular handling causes that don't directly affect them. I wish we were more selfish. I I guess that's what I'm saying. Um, but it is a good episode. It was it was beautiful to me. Like in in terms of like solidarity and like black women standing up for other black women, but you're right. It doesn't it doesn't feel good that this girl who was very nasty to Moesha and like used not only her class privilege the and used and tried to use at least not only her class privilege, but her color privilege against mm-hmm. Moesha. That doesn't feel good that now Moesha's turning around and like laboring on behalf of her. Um, right. And this girl's got wealthy parents. Like, let them fight for her. She's hardly an underdog in this situation if you think about it like schematically. Like, if her parents had raised a stink, I'm pretty sure it would have had a much larger impact than a 16 year old girl saying this is wrong. But the season ends with uh, like, they all, the, they all graduate. Kim has left, right? Um, she's off on the Parkers, but Hakeem, Nisi, and Moesha all graduate uh high school and and yeah that's it so right um no we have to talk about episode 21 independence day this is the episode where mo turns 18 and all of her exes are at her surprise party Woo, oh, girl, that is such you, a messy. jeremy aaron everybody comes through it's messy we love it I, it's my favorite episode of the season because it's so damn messy <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's so messy. And like, who invites them all again? Somebody, who is it? Like, it's I would, Kim. Oh, yes, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it looked like shade. I, like, it's written in a way that we know that Kim didn't have any ill intent. But man, if she had, <sighs> flawless like, victory. Victory, victory. <laughs> oh my God. Um, um, oh, and there's like the the guy Channing too, um, Moesha's former teacher comes through. Um and now Moesha had chemistry with all of these people, but none so much as Q and Jeremy. This is obvious. Right. Um Jer- Jeremy was probably like the next best boyfriend. Like if we like rank Moesha's boyfriends, it's definitely like Q and Jeremy are at the top. At the very top. And I think that Frank would have probably approved of Jeremy just because he comes from a quote-unquote good family because he's a he's a Brentwood boy, right? 
Yeah, she he she met him at Bridgewood. Yeah, Bridgewood, that show. It should have been called Brentwood. It just sounds better. <laughs> no, yeah. I think it's because Brentwood's the actual neighborhood. Right, right. But um they graduate in the next episode. Um and um and um Moesha gets a post-graduation offer from Vibe magazine. So now she has to decide, do I go work for Vibe magazine, which was which is popping now, but was popping, popping, popping back then, or do I go to college? Decisions, decisions. That's how our right. season ends. That's how our season ends. Um, and there you there you have it. So season four, favorite episodes. Uh Moesha meets Brandy, obviously. That's a standout. I really love uh, homecoming, which is when Frank's mom shows up for Psych Your Mind, which is the therapy episode. This is not an episode that I love, but it it is like um an episode I'm going to mention. Five teacher, basically it's like Moesha. It's like another one of these like weird like older man like a young and like young girl episodes, similar to the Hakeem one. It's like Moesha's teacher. And it, it's the same episode. It's like these writers did not learn. It's, it's this weird, like, oh, like, I, you're just so mature. And that's why I want to, like, have sex with you. <laughs> and, like, then they, like, kiss. And then he quits his job because, like, not because he kissed a teenager, but because it's like, oh, our love is just so forbidden, girl. And it's like, stop. <laughs> Uh, narrator <laughs> she was in fact not that mature <laughs> right i just uh it's six. gross and of course he rolls through on the 18th birthday episode like a good predator would yes <laughs> <laughs> he rolls in, like right and that's the worst part like on the the boy when the all the ex-boyfriend episode he rolls in like he's an ex-boyfriend i'm like show he is not an ex-boyfriend like he's a predator right? so i try to make fetch happen <laughs> stop this what are y'all doing i know what you did in the third grade that's like shout out to to that um seven a terrible thing happened on my tour of college that's a really good episode um like somebody slips brandy like a date rape drug stop not brandy Moesha. um eight birth control 10 the the crush 11 barking up the wrong tree uh, 13, oh my god, Fanatic. That's like the Leanne Rhymes MTV Fanatic episode. Oh, it's so good. I love it. 14, The Right Stuff. 16, Home is Where the Car Is. 18, It Takes Two. That's the Parker's sort of uh, backdoor pilot. 19, It Had to Be You. This is like where we get like a lot of Andel drama. It's so good. 20, The Prom. And then 21, Independence Day. For me, my favorites would have to also be episode one, Moesha Meets Brandy. Episode four, Psyche Your Mind. Episode seven, A Terrible Thing Happened on My Tour of College. Episode eight, Birth Control. Episode 13, Oh My God, Fanatic. Love it. Episode 18, It Takes Two. Episode 20, The Prom with musical guest Silk. You guys remember that group, Silk? That oh. was that was a Gen X group, honestly. Um, they they kind of faded out before I was even like a teenager. 
episode 21 independence day and episode 22 i study 12 years for this these are all great episodes what is what we should gonna do vibe college vibe college so we jump into season five 22 episodes long and this is the season where <sighs> shit hits the fan because ray j joins the cast so yeah ray j had been he had guest appeared on a couple of episodes before but now he's officially joining the cast because ray j can't do anything by himself (laughs) coattails coattails riding on the coattails bars (laughs) no but seriously um ray j only had a career because brandy had a career back then let's speak the truth let's speak the Um, truth and this is Yvette Wilson's last season. She plays Andel, and she goes on to play, keep playing Andel on the Parkers. But Andel sells the den in this season to like a funeral home owner, and then she, um, and then she, she starts running like a club named Andel's in the Parkers series. Mm. So um, I'm glad Yvette Wilson kept getting her checks somewhere, somehow, some way. <laughs> but this is her very last season on Moesha. And I think they made they made really great use of her character. For someone who was never part of the principal cast and who was always a supporting character, I felt she was very well utilized. Same. Same. We love it. We love it. We love it. And of course, you know, she was that it was a great assist to Moesha when Moesha left Frank's house. Um, but we jump into to the, the, the season opener and we learn that Moesha did, in fact, take that job at Vibe. All her friends are super jealous. They think she's doing all this glamorous journalism work. She's getting to meet all these celebrities. And Mary J. Blige does guest star on that episode. But she's just a gopher. She fetches people things. She she takes their their lunch orders. That's it. Right. She is um she's basic she's doing intern stuff. Um I was shocked when they when I was shocked though when they were like, oh, it's a paid job. I was like, oh what? Like, that's so nice. I mean, girl, now paid internships don't even exist anymore. Exist anymore. I was about to say, like, that now like oof, oof, jealous. So jealous. Right, very jealous. Um but this is the episode where we we also get to um, we also get Dorian as like a member of the main cast. Dorian runs away from home, which is in Oakland, and he comes to stay with Miles. But since Miles is a child who ain't got no house, he's really staying with Frank and Dee. <laughs> um, what you talking about? You're staying with your underage cousin? No, you're staying with your uncle. Oh, that's who you're staying with. Um, this season was a really tumultuous season for the show because we learned this season that that Dorian isn't really their cousin. He's their half-brother because um, Frank had been unfaithful in his first marriage to Moesha and Miles' mother. And obviously unfaithful pretty early in that marriage because Dorian and Moesha are nearly the same age or he's like a year younger than Moesha. Um, but the point is this ruined the show. William um, William Allen Young didn't like it. Cheryl Lee Ralph didn't like it. And in fact, she hated it so much that she ended up leaving as a member of the main cast because of this. Right. So y'all really, y'all really lost Cheryl Lee Ralph to get Ray J. Do you feel good? Did he get the likes? <laughs> Did he get the clicks? Did he get, <laughs> get the engagement? The engagement? <laughs> um, y'all yeah, let a real one go. They, they hated it. And you know what? It's, Ray J is an energy suck to the show. Like, he just mm. is. Like, I I hate to speak facts, but it is what it is. 
there's a significant, um, at least to my viewing, there's a significant turn once he becomes part of this main cast and they're having to, like, give him episodes and give him storylines. I feel like we we lose sight of, like, what the show is. Like, it almost becomes two separate shows. Right. Like, there's Moesha's life and there's Dorian's life. It's not a cohesive show anymore. And I remember very clearly that the title of the show was Moesha. So what are we doing? <laughs> right. What are we doing? What Like, what is... And I don't know where this came from. I don't know what, what, what the driving force of this was. I don't know if it's, like, Ray J complained and Brandy just you know, acquiesced and she was like, please find something for my brother to do. But like, it doesn't work. Like it, it does have, please help my brother out energy. It, it really does. Doesn't it? It has big, please give my brother a job energy. Um, it's really sad. We hate it. But we find out that Frank is Dorian's father pretty late in the season, episode 15. And But I really don't understand the purpose of this writing, because even if you put the Dorian character into the cast, like, he's the cousin, he ran away, he's living with the Mitchells now, everything's copacetic, what was the purpose of making him the brother? Like, did he have to be your brother on screen, too? Like, could, could were y'all not comfortable with him playing your cousin? Um, I don't understand the purpose, because the way that this ends up fracturing Dee and Frank's marriage... Um, the way that ended up fracturing the dynamic between the the these actors and the writers off screen, and just the way that it portrays Frank as a hypocrite on top of everything else that was wrong with him, whew, y'all really did a number on this show. In one sense, it's honest because men like Frank are always like this, right? They mm-hmm. all like they they are all like this. But in another sense, it's like if you've if you as a show have taken the position that Frank is a morally is like your, your voice of morality and everything he does is morally clear, which the show has, right. They definitely have this position and they reinforce it, that Frank is, is a moral authority then. And he is like a blameless one. Then having this turn completely breaks that would change the whole dynamic of the family. But then it, kind of doesn't and it's weird except for d right d reacts the way that we expected and the way that she honestly should react um they have moesha forgiving him on the very next episode which honestly it's not realistic it's not realistic the way that she loved her mother the way that he claimed to love her mother there's no way she would have forgiven him in one episode sorry about it it's not realistic exactly like if we have um if if you have Moesha getting angry and moving out of Frank's home and staying like that for like four episodes, right? In the previous mm-hmm. season. And then this season, this huge revelation happens and then she forgives him by next episode. Like that doesn't make any sense for what you, the show have already established. Doesn't make dollars. Doesn't make sense. And we never really get a clear reason for why he did this. All we know is that he and Dorian's mother, Sandy, were were of the of one mind as far as keeping this a secret from Dorian until X age. Like that was our game plan. Keep it a secret and not, you know, at when he reaches this age, we will tell him together. So Sandy rolls through on that episode to basically question him about like, why didn't you wait? Like we had planned. 
the whole thing is bullshit, especially when we are also pulled into Dorian's life and we see how well his mother is adjusting without him because, you know, she doesn't have a son to take care of anymore. Really, like, Frank is taking care of him. And it alludes that she was struggling to take care of Dorian herself. A person struggles if, let's say, the father doesn't know of the existence of their child. There's no right. way, there's no reason why she should have been struggling that way when Frank's other two kids wanted for nothing. Right, exactly. And then it's like, so you expect this, because then once you do that, then it's like, well, as the audience member, I'm like, okay, well, has Frank just not been paying for this child for 18 years because a uh, sketch? Right? Right. Like, it gets, it's a strong deadbeat energy. And say what you will about Frank Mitchell, he did not have deadbeat energy prior to this. Same. He has, a, right. I fuck, he's, he, he has the, I can't fucking stand these kids, but I'll be damned <laughs> if they don't have the things they need. Right. And he, it has big, like, I mean, Frank has big, um, you know, I can't stand, like, I pay for you, so, like, you do what I, I tell you to do. Energy. Like, you know what I mean? Right. He's very old school, honor your responsibilities type person. And this, this scenario completely eviscerates the character that they have built up. It's, it's a character assassination. It really is. It <laughs> and is. it destroys him and Dee's marriage. They don't divorce per se, but um, this is the last season where Cheryl Lee Ralph is a series regular. Um, on the last season, um, season six, she is just a recurring character. She shows right. up in a few episodes, but um, the fact of the matter is this is something that she just cannot get past. And to her credit, obviously, she doesn't blame Dorian for this. He had nothing to do with this. Frank lied to her, period. He, he told her everything about his previous marriage except this very important detail and the fact that a child came out of his infidelity. Right, right. And, like, and honestly, I feel bad because, like, you know, now Dia is out here looking dumb as hell. And what did it get her? Not a damn thing. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Um, I felt so bad for Dee because at the end of the day, what did Dee have? Um, three stepchildren with a line controlling man. That's it. That, that's it. Like, I hate that for her. That's, that's all I'm saying. Um... So, and something else, okay, so so another thing that happens in season five that I absolutely hate is this trend for the 90s, and, like, this is a, a, just, like, a trend in the 90s. Every 90s show did this, um, but, like, the platonic best friend character becomes the boyfriend, um, mm. and it happens here, Ew. too. Like, Hakeem and Moesha, like, get together, and it's terrible. Like, it's terrible. That's all I have to say. <laughs> right. It's gross. I mean, I won't say gross, gross. Like, I was a fan of Hakeem growing up because Lamont Bentley is really handsome. This is not debatable. Do him and, and Moesha have chemistry like that? No. I always thought no. Hakeem was going to end up with Nisi. Stop playing. Hakeem Same. was supposed to end up with Nisi. <laughs> he was, wasn't he? Like, and it's horrible because it, like, it has, like, they... I mean, they casted perfectly for, like, a platonic best friend. That is, like, their energy together. Like, it is deep friend energy. So when the show tries to, like, play in my face and they're like, oh, no, they love each other. I'm like, bitch, where? Like, ooh, it's terrible. 
Yeah, it's really bad. And the thing is, like, I feel like in the, I feel like somewhere between seasons two and season four, they were laying the groundwork for a Hakeem Nisi situation. Um, and then they were just like, ah, fuck it. The show's not about Nisi. <laughs> Let's take him Moesha's boyfriend. Cause all the boys love Moesha. Um, but like, it's not necessary. She's in college. Y'all could give her, well, yeah, she does make the decision to go to college this season after speaking with Maya Angelou. Um, right. Like, there's tons of boys on campus. There's lots of stuff going on. And then Q, of course, the one, he comes right back around. Um, and am I wrong? I believe it's in this season that... Um, no, it's next season. We'll talk about that later. But the fact is, Q is on the road. He's making his dreams come true, but he's never forgotten about Moesha. Right. Like, he comes back at the end of the the, the fifth season uh, in episode 21, right. arriving right on Q. And he's like, you know, he comes in with that, that, that New York accent. And, well, not New York. It's kind of... <laughs> Um, Jersey. <laughs> it is Jersey. Jersey. Uh, <laughs> I was like, no, there's something off about it. Um, he comes in with like, you know, those those that big jacket and like that that deep voice, that that bass, that baritone, and you know, he's like, sh- you know, shorty, like he's like, I'm still thinking about you, girl. And what does Mo do? You know, I you already know, I ain't got to tell you. Hmm. <laughs> he's like come on tour so, with me, girl so she doesn't go on tour with him oh uh, no 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 um she does she does go to tour with him but that's just because um nisi and hakeem kiss which was long overdue right and then she <laughs> like, gets during- mad about it she's like you're not my friend how dare you and i'm just like oh like yeah but like yeah. Girl, you were about to just leave with this man on tour. Like, are you really this upset at her right now? So basically, the show gave her an excuse to go on tour with Q without being guilty, without feeling guilty about it, is what happened. <laughs> because her and Hakeem were fighting over this, which is why he kissed Nisi in the first place. She really wasn't that pressed about it, or there wouldn't have been a fight because she would have just told Q no off rip, right? But they fight. He kisses Nisi and then she's like, bet, now I have all the legitimacy I need to go on tour with Q, which she does. Right. <laughs> and then she winds up engaged. Like, but she goes out, you know what I mean? That's the last episode. That's the last, or the first episode of the next season. Um, That's true. But the fact of the matter is, she's 18, 19 years old. No girl in her right mind should say no. Like, unless you're pregnant by another man. If your ex rolls through and he's like, come on set with me, come on location with me, come on tour with me, say yes. You know why? Because it's a great story to tell your friends later. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, but like, yeah, it's like she gets to, I mean, she's going to go on tour and like, I think the tour is like, it's an international one. Like, it's not just across the country. You you better go to Tokyo. (laughs) You better get out here. It doesn't matter if it doesn't work out or not. Why? Because you're 19, sis. Get on the bus. Get on the bus. (laughs) Like... This is it. Um, this is it. So she goes on tour. Um, it's cute. It's copacetic. And that's where we end season six. Um, I love these cliffhangers. They, they're they doing it big with these with these latter half um, season finales. They really keep you wanting more. Um, 
What do we think of season five? Good, bad, or basic? Good. I mean, it's high. No, it's basic. I was going to give it. No, that's a lie. It's basic. From Countess Vaughn is like, I mean, Countess Vaughn is like, it's obviously she's been missing for a while, but like, I miss her presence somehow. Like, and I still miss her like in these college years. Ray J, like I said, is a, a huge energy suck to the show. Like, he's not compelling. And I feel like, and I and it really grinds me to watch um Frank have been like, I mean, so like controlling of Moesha. And then absolutely none of that control is 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 for Ray J. Like none of that is there for Ray J um at all. Um and uh I don't and then the the cherry on the shit cake is this Hakeem and Mo thing, which is also terrible to me. Yeah, I could have forgiven them Hakeem and Mo. I really could have. But do- the introduction of Dorian and not just having him on the show, but having him on the show, the capacity of Frank's son, Frank's love child, essentially. And I could have forgiven them Countess Vaughn too, because she had her own show. Um, again, well-deserved character. Like, like I said, it's a character assassination and the way it affects Frank and Dee's relationship, which was always a very solid one. It's unforgivable. I'm giving it a basic as well. Yeah, it's just, it's a basic. Um, I mean, not even Master P, like, in the in, <laughs> in the later episodes can, can change my mind. Um, but yeah. episodes that I think stand out in season five, uh, there aren't... M- it's not that there aren't many. They're just uh, I've got uh, good vibrations. Um, the party's over here. Not my pumpkin. Six just above my head, which is about racism in education. It's a good one. Um, a den is a terrible thing to waste. Oh, the end of the den. That feels like that's you know Andel selling the den, and um, it feels like the end of an era. Truly, ten Thanksgiving. Uh, he doth protest too much. 15, color him father. 19, something about Moesha. 21, arriving right on cue. And then 22, D-Money loses his patience. I want to talk really briefly before I say what my favorite episodes are about how Frank is very lax with Dorian. I think you mentioned this briefly. Yeah. And I don't know whether it's because Dorian's a boy, because I feel like he's even more lax with Dorian than he is with Miles. I don't know if it's because he's an older boy or because Frank feels guilty, but like whatever the reason, it's trash. Um, uh, No, it's big trash. It's like, it's one of my, yes, it's one of my big sort of, I mean, things that like sticks in my craw about uh, Ray J on the show and like in Dorian's character in general. Um, besides the fact that he, like Don Summers, just shouldn't have never should have never existed, and the show never really gives me a reason why. I'm not even mad at introduction of new characters. Y'all really got to stop introducing new family members at the eleventh hour. It's annoying. Fuck. <laughs> I really have to get this off my chest right now. Stop introducing new family members and expecting us to care about them like we did everybody else. How right, did they like, even get here? I, no, like, why are you here? Oh, why is you here? Like, how did he 
can't hear. No more brothers, please. Shirley has a brother. We're good. Um, let the, let them have one. Sim- let them be an only child. We don't need Don Summers. We do not need Dorian Mitchell. Um, we don't need any of these people. Don um, Dorian, are you seeing it? You see, you see the pattern. I see the pattern. The D for damn. The D's the, <laughs> for damned. <laughs> D is for damned. Don't do this damn shit, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, favorite episodes number one, Good Vibrations. So we see Mary, Mary, Mary J. Blige, love her. Episode three, which is uh, part the party's over here, where Moesha is at California University with Nisi and Hakeem. California University is not real, you guys. This is a a, a, a parody of UCLA. The den, a den is a terrible thing to waste, which is the episode where Andel sells the den. Episode nine, unappreciated interest. Episode ten, Thanksgiving. Episode fifteen. Or episode 14, Secrets and Lies, and then episode 15, Color Him Father. Yeah, so episode 14, Secrets and Lies, is when we find out that he's Dorian's father. And episode 15 is where we deal with the immediate aftermath of that. Episode 16 is where Frank is prematurely forgiven, family affair. But it's a decent episode. Episode 20, The Robbing Hood. Um, and episode 21, Arriving Right on Cue. Ah. <sighs> Fragile Star really does did something to elevate the end of that season because man, did we have to go through some bullshit? We really <laughs> did. We had to go through so much to get there, so much. So, um, let's jump into season six. Season six was the final season of Moesha. It was also twenty two episodes long. Cheryl Lee Ralph has left the main cast at this point. Um, she is a guest star, recurring character. And they do this by giving Dee a, an education consulting job in Jamaica. She left the country to get away from this man. <laughs> this man. No. The lies. The lies, baby. Lies. She really had to get, she had really had to leave and go take her ass back to the Caribbean to get away from Frank's lies and fabrications. She got that fantastic new weave that's in her head. You know what? I can do better. Yes, you can. Yes, you can, girl. Um, but she she stars in seven. She guest stars in seven of the twenty two episodes. So um, hashtag over it. Fragile Star also makes a guest appearance in two of the episodes. We we pick up right where we left off. Moesha's in New York. Um, she has to come back home to college, and Q proposes to her. Yeah, he he's like, it's you, girl. Can we talk about this for a minute? He hasn't even really dated this girl seriously since season three. Right? Like, I think she's she still ta- been in love with her this whole time. Like, I don't even think they've had sex with each other. No, they haven't. Because, you know, Cockblock, a.k.a. Frank Mitchell, didn't let that happen. She could have at least done it, gotten engaged, and then gone back to Vibe and, like, wrote written a piece on what it's like being, like, a teenage fiancé. <laughs> to a superstar and then parlayed that into a writing career while you're in it you're, you could plug him while you're at it honestly that shit would sell boku tickets uh and then she could par- and then parlay that into like a real music journalism career that could have been her vibe they did this thing that that dumb 90s shows do all the time where it's like i can't be with him because if i'm with him i will get lost in the relationship but it's like sis how much more space do you need he's on tour right it's like he's not even and then and then they they kind of address that like she's like oh i'm not comfortable with all like the girls and the groupies or whatever and i'm like okay moesha 
maybe you're just not cut out for this life. Um, which is fair. That's fair. Right. But like, I don't know. It it just ends. The show it, they it they find some contrived way to end it. It's interesting actually. So the show got canceled. And they said that they didn't know that they were going to get ca- get canceled. Um they had a plan to have a season 7 but the show got canceled. But watching season six, I'm like, did they even really have material for a season seven? Right. I mean, unless you're going to bring Q back, what, why am I watching season seven? Right. Like season, Um, season six is so listless. Are you going to bring Q back? Are you going to have Kim transfer to their university? Like, what are you going to do to beef this up? Because if it's the more of the Dorian show, I don't want it. Keep it. Right, like, season six becomes hardcore, like, it, they, like, really lean into, like, the Dorian show. Um, they lean into the... This is the, the first season where I think it's bad. Same. Same. I think this season is actively bad. Because they're actively trying to do something um, that no show should do, which is forget who their, who their lead is. Exactly. And I also think that and I don't know why it is that, like, I don't know if it's because when they're in high school, they go through all the sort of, like, heavy-hitting, like, quote-unquote topics in high school versus college. But I always feel like college is is space to do so much. And they never, shows never do. They never take advantage of, like, these college years. And Moish is the same way. Like, nothing of real import happens in college, which is strange to me. It really is very strange. Like, it's ironic. The person who goes through the most transition in season six is D. Moesha's running her life like she's still in high school. Are we meeting new people? No. Are we having adventures? No. Are we changing our majors every other semester? No. Um, you know, are we are we having clashes, like serious clashes with our roommates? No. Are we having an affair with a professor? At least no. <laughs> Right? At least, like, now, like, now the professor thing would still be creepy, but, like, it could be more nuanced. It could be more interesting. Right. You still have an imbalance of power, but, like, get her a hot TA or something. Something. Like, do something. And um, do something to make me feel like her life exists outside of this sphere of people who've existed since she was a freshman in high school. Right. And it's, and I think another part what's annoying is that, like, there's, so there are these, like, there's, like, this white roommate and then this other, like, light-skinned roommate that happened, uh, like, along with Nisi this season. Mm-hmm. And they're so fun, like, um, like, college roommate. And, like, they're all, like, that gr- those group of girls are actually, like, really fun uh, and funny. I don't think, I think it could have been really cool to, like, refocus this show, like, on them. Like, on all of them and get, like, a mini Sex in the City going. Right, right, right. But, you know, (laughs) what about Dorian? But Moesha and Q end it for, like, they call it quits for good after this proposal. I'm assuming she fucked him while they were on tour, because why wouldn't you? She Um, didn't. No, they don't. Still, isn't that horrible? Oh, boy. He really loves this girl. I'm just going to put that out there. She loses her virginity, actually, this this season to Hakeem. Oh, right. Right. Oh, God. It's terrible. Oh, God. It's so I just terrible. Wanna say, I just want to put this out there, girls, because the whole her whole thing for leaving Q was not 
I'm in love with Hakeem. That's actually not what it was. It's like, I, you know, we've been through so much together, but I can't handle this, this new life. I can't handle the girls, the groupies. That's what she said, right? right. I just want to make it clear to anyone listening that a poor man can still cheat on you. A man without groupies can still cheat on you. Yeah, so she finally loses her virginity, like, cock. And it's... There are no words. Like, it it bugs me. It really bugs me for a lot of reasons that it's Hakeem. First... Oh, because they're missing that chemistry ingredient? <laughs> well, like, yes, number one. Number two, throughout the series, Hakeem has sort of been this person that... Frank has taken under his wing Mm -hmm. to groom in the way he wants, which is another reason why the Dorian character doesn't make sense. Cause Frank already had another like older pseudo son in Hakeem. Right. And so it bugs me that like, she's into this guy that like has essentially been groomed for her by her father. That's number two. And then number three it's like, I just hate the messaging of it all. Like, and then, and then the, yeah, number three, it's like, I think they only have sex after she gets engaged. Like, well, to him. She, she gives him a promise ring. It's not a real engagement. She, he gives her a promise ring and some whack poem. <laughs> um, it, it might as well be. It might as well be. It's the same concept. And that also is like really annoying to me. Like, honestly, it's not the same concept. Girls, I don't know who needs to hear this, but an engagement is not a marriage. Don't let a dude propose to you and be like, time to bust it wide open. If you're, quote unquote, a good girl and you're saving it for marriage, then save it for marriage. An engagement is not a marriage. (laughs) You can break an engagement pretty easily. But I say all this to say the reasons I personally hate it was because I feel like the whole relationship dynamic between Moesha and Hakeem, like you said, was set up very platonically. And the fact that they end up together and she ends up losing her virginity to him is nice guy fodder. It's like, I'm not saying Hakeem is an incel or that he's a, you know, trademark nice guy. He's not, but he is the personification of their dreams come true. Like the girl you, 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 you put yourself in the friend zone for ends up realizing that you were the one and she'd kept her virginity all these years and didn't have sex with any of those quote unquote bad boys. And she saved it for you and you guys can live happily ever after. Um, a lot of it just felt just, I, I felt like it kind of took away a lot of Moesha's character and how they had built her up as this very, independent person and a very self-motivated person. Um, I just feel like there were so many other guys and other opportunities that were just as valid, if not more so. Uh, Jeremy was right there. Q was right there. Um, So it being Hakeem kind of reeks of the writers trying to make Moesha the good girl. And if she'd slept with one other guy prior to this, then she wouldn't have been. Right, and and the and why that framing continues to bug is like even that idea of like you get the ring, you get the ring, right? Whether it's a promise or an engagement, right? you get like some type of like physical, tangible thing that's supposed to represent like either marriage or going to marriage or you know 
something that 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 is that um essentially is definitive of ownership and that and once you have that that is what like that is what makes it okay to have sex versus like your own sort of like I like this person they like me I respect this person they respect me I want to do this let me do it and that bug like the like the fact that like good is framed in like I must have this sort of ownership around me instead of like good being framed as uh, I've of my own mind I'm deciding to do this with somebody I, I like or whatever like I just and it and this is something that happened like in fourth season it just it bugs the whole thing bugs like I wish she would have just like had like oh I'm gonna get on this birth control and then I'm gonna fuck Jeremy and it's gonna be awesome and like we're gonna go home like yeah she was with Aaron at that time yeah even he would have been a good um, even yeah even Aaron would have been a good candidate like I mean but the fact that it's like like the fact that there's this whole like perf like I don't want performance is not it's like but pageantry the, that's what yes. I'm looking for. The fact that and you you, you make pageantry. a really good point. He got her virginity in exchange for a promise ring, y'all. Um, I feel like I feel like that's honestly cheapens sex much more than her choosing, like you said. Right. Like I think it's it's stronger. It's better. And like and like you said, it, Moesha being they've built Moesha up as this independent person. Um, in in the in like her she's this person who thinks for herself i think that makes it stronger the fact that she's like oh some the fact that she chooses it to do this way cheapens it and what really and then the part that really really grinds makes my makes me want to grind my teeth more than anything is that like this narrative has not really changed for black girls even now, like, it hasn't really changed. Like, this whole pageantry of, like, I have to wait, like, until some sort of nebulous age, who knows, or until I get some sort of ownership ring or some sort of su superfluous pageantry thing. Like, this has not changed in narratives for teen Black girls. It hasn't. Like, Kiki from Queen Sugar has had the same narrative. It's I mean, it's boring and it's, it's boring and it's dumb. And like, I wish you would just let black girls, you know, be teenagers and be hot, like into these dudes and then have sex with them and go home and, and go on with their lives. Like you let the white ones do. Right. Like, even if he shows the relationship ends up not working out as a quote, quote, as a quote unquote cautionary tale, um, allow the character to move on with her life. Also, like, don't punish her indefinitely for choosing the wrong person right um um it's just so yeah. weird and wild to me that like there's still so much of this stuff wrapped up in like teen black girls or and not even just young black women's sexuality it's so strange it really is one of the stranger things that 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 persists in in a tv and narrative film form because you either have, and it's such weird, bad messaging, because you either have these, ver like, you have visions of 
teen black girls and like you're like close it up don't be like a whore like or they're like hypersexualized there's no like anything that feels like a natural progression into womanhood you know what i mean right 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 where sex is involved right um so episode nine now this this hasn't happened yet by the way but episode nine moesha still engaged to q because she did accept his proposal and she tells her father about the engagement of course he's pissed um they're still engaged everything's fine um but Mo- Q needs the ring from Moesha to pay for a new rap group that he's producing. Um, and there ends as a result of this. Um, like, it's done. Um, because he, uh, she basically goes to someone else, a guy named Caleb, and he offers to lend them the money. And Q doesn't like this because pride and their engagement ends. Um, he, she had not accepted Hakeem's promise ring um, or his, his whack ass little poem. Um, but all of that ends up, you know, she ends up going back full circle with Hakeem um, after her engagement with Q essentially collapses and they reminisce on their relationship. Um, and that's essentially when she decides to to be with Hakeem. Um, and what I didn't like about this season in particular is the Hakeem character started to feel like a miniature version of Frank. Did you pick up on that or is it just me? Yes, 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 yes. That's why I say like that's part of what bugs that like he's like he he Frank's groomed Hakeem and we really start to feel it. Like and I think the show alludes to it. And that is right. horrifying in so many ways. And that's when she comes back to him. Y'all really got me messed up. <laughs> <laughs> like, got me so fucked up. Like, for real. Like, it's ugly to me. But, um, it's, it's, it's all ugly, ugly to me. But the, the season ends with, like, drama on top of drama. It's, like, I don't know. Something happens to Dorian. Don't ask me what. I don't pay attention to Dorian's story. We don't care. He graduates, but we don't really care. We don't really care. But, like, Hakeem and Mo... Oh, go ahead. No, Hakeem and Moesha are living together. And, um... And then, uh... And and then Dorian gets mixed up in something. Lil' Kim guest stars, though. Lil' Kim comes in looking amazing in 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 the last episode. She looks great. We love it. We love it. Moesha, I really believe they did think that we're going to get another season because the season ends on a cliffhanger where one of the girls realizes that she's pregnant. Who's pregnant? We don't know. Oh, they yeah. It could have been Moesha because she slept with Hakeem. It really could have been anyone. Um, and I think the, the writers were begging Cheryl Lee Ralph to reconsider and come back at this point as well. And Dorian graduates high school, so he was going to be with them in college. That was going to be a whole thing. I really think they could have fleshed out the material if they really, really wanted to. The way they end Moesha and Q's engagement was garbage, basura. Um, it was garbage. It was garbage, 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 garbage. 
Um, you know, she got past her hangups about the groupies. Um, but it, they, they really labeled it as a thing of, well, Q has too much pride and he'll never grow and he'll never learn. Almost trying to make Q seem like a version of her father. When it's really Hakeem who's the version of her father. There's even an episode where he and Nisi are spying on Moesha because they think she's sleeping around with her, her study partner, Jamal. That's a whole thing where like Hakeem's keeping tabs on her, something that Q would never do. Right. Um, the whole thing was just garbage. Q was the one. Yeah, I knew he was the one. Stop playing these games with me. Um, this season was bad. It was definitively demonstrably bad. Um, but what are your favorite episodes from season six? Oh, oh yeah. I, my grade for this season is also a bad. But um, if I had to pick uh, one on the rebound, two, bad company, six, just the two of us. Um, nine, definitely not the Cosbys. Um, uh, 12, all grown up. 13, run, mo, run. 16, what if? 17, scary marriage. 21 at graduation day and then 22 paying the pipe bar. Yeah, just the title of the episode, Paying the Piper, on an episode where we find out someone's pregnant. I really feel like they were going to spin this into a cautionary tale where Moesha's pregnant. She should have known better because you're not married. And all they love to do is chastise this character anyway. So it makes sense to me. <laughs> um, yeah, but my favorites are episode one on the rebound. Episode. Episode three, Netcam. This is funny because Miles thinks that he got a girl pregnant by dancing with her. Because he's the most sheltered boy in California, I guess. I guess. Um, Episode five, you say he's just a friend. Or Hakeem shows his true colors. Trash. Um, Episode six, Frank and Dorian go on a road trip. Um, episode nine, definitely not the Cosby's great episode. Episode 10, all this and Turkey too. I really hated how they ended that engagement. Um, episode 12, all grown up. Um... Episode 16, What If? Episode 17, Scary Marriage. Episode 20, Creepin'. And episode 22, Paying the Piper. These, honestly, when I say these are good episodes or standout episodes, there's something I heavily disliked in all of them. They're just the best that this season had to offer. Yeah, I think same. I agree with that. Like like I said, it's it's actively bad. It's bad. Y'all knew it was bad. And I don't know why y'all hate Q so much and why y'all love Dorian so much, but flip that script and you could have really gone out with a bang. Same. And like 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 I said, I know that they Sarah Finney, they didn't realize they were gonna be canceled. Um Moesha's great. Moesha's another great time capsule 90s TV show. Um, 
I think one through four are the are the the only seasons you can watch season five, but I think one through four are the best. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this show is if you just want to like see like a bunch of like visibly brown, uh, brown to dark skin girl like black teen girls just like doing teen stuff i think this show is it um i think the show i think the outfits are I- iconic like oh my god particularly those first seasons those first four seasons those clothes are like so great um but it is like it is once again this is another show that it is just like it's a self-contained thing i know that brandy says she's rebooting it they want to reboot it i think that's a mistake are you going to change a, the Frank character's personality? Or if you don't, are you going to hold him accountable at least once? That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think they're just trying to reboot the old show. Like, but I don't, I don't see how you could. Yeah, we're not going to do that. Please don't do that. Um, and I don't know that I want or I need anything more from these characters. You know what I mean? Right. Um Unless Moesha and Hakeem are split up or divorced, I really don't want it, please. Same, yeah. I, I don't know. I get, like, I mean, I'm not developing it, but, like, I don't know. I guess I don't know, like, what's the angle. Like, I don't understand what the angle is because I feel like the show ran its course. And I think mm-hmm. it said everything it needed or wanted, everything it wanted and needed to say. So what else is there like what else do you want from this show because like obviously you can't capture that moment back right um right and she's saying that they needed one like they needed a spinoff because they ended on a cliffhanger but i'm like yeah but no we needed what we needed was a final season we didn't we don't need a reboot right we don't need a reboot of the whole show and i don't want one it's not necessary um I think well, that. Go ahead. No, that's it. I'm good. Um, oh, okay. I wanted to talk about the Moesha universe really quickly. Okay. So, um, Girlfriend's creator, Mara Brock Akil, has said that um, Moesha exists in the same universe as um, Girlfriends. Now, um, we already know that the Parkers is a direct spinoff of Moesha. However, um, the, the, um, the girlfriend's character, Maya Wilkes, played by the actress Golden Brooks, um, who lives in Lemur Park, um, like the Moesha characters, and a- appeared in an episode babysitting for her sister-in-law, Barbara D., um, who happens to be Dorian's birth mother. So, um, Mo- um, what's his name? Maya's husband, Darnell, is Dorian's uncle, and Maya is Dorian's aunt through via marriage. Um, Nisi also appears later in an episode of Girlfriends. And the game, as we all know, is a spinoff of Girlfriends, where um, Melanie is, a, is the younger cousin of the Joan Clayton character. <laughs> so this, all, of these, all of these shows exist in the Moesha universe. The Parkers, Girlfriends, and The Game all exist in that Moesha universe. 
We like it. We love it. Um, Moesha's power was dynamic. It really was. This show was groundbreaking. And I don't think we realized how much until after the fact. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's definitely all these shows, like we didn't, you know, now we can sort of look back and see how vital they were. Um, hindsight, but uh, as to like rebooting any of them, I don't, I don't know. I think the mo- the only one I'd really want is like probably Girlfriends. Yeah, um, Joan was annoying as hell, but I would like to see Joan get married. <laughs> I would like to see Maya's son, Jabari, all all grown up. Because I know she was a young mom and she was really coming into her own as her son was in his adolescence. So I'd have liked to see her like just leveling up and winning. Right, like, I mean, and that's why I think that, I, that Girlfriends is the only one I can really see. Because by the time... When girlfriends end, basically everybody's really just coming. Like everyone is really coming into their own. Like, mm-hmm. except for like Joan is, you know, has finally I think gained some perspective. Maya's like really becoming like a real true blue successful author. Um, Lynn's music career is like actually becoming a thing. Uh, and then there's no resolution with Tony. Um, and I don't, and don't, and I don't want to look at like Tony Light. Like I don't care about her. Like don't talk to me about her, uh, aka Monica. Why was she that? Like oof. I love Monica, I really do. But she can never take the place of Tony. And Tony being written out of the show is what killed the show for me. I I was a study fan until the Tony character quote unquote moved to New York, and then I'm like, why am I here? The other three are boring without Tony. I'm sorry. They are. They're mad boring without Tony. <laughs> so like she's the glue. But Moesha, they, her, oh, sorry, no. She is I'm sorry, the glue. yeah, go ahead. No, she is the glue. That's, the, that's legit. Um, as far as Moesha goes, the show's been in syndication in the U.S. since it went off television on various streams. Like, um, TV One had it for a while, BET had it for a while, on and off over the years. But since 2008, it's been an international syndication. Fame in particular, it actually ran on the Disney Channel from 2005 to 2011 in an edited format so that it could be suitable for children's television. But m- these checks are still being cashed, is what I'm saying. That speaks to the show's legacy. Like, listen, like, legacy-wise, this show is important. It's one of the few, probably, like, really the only television show about, like, teen girls that, like, like black teen girls that like tackle like issues or like that do similar things to like like the white teen dramas that we're used to like they do that like Moesha kind of does some of this of a bunch of similar stuff in terms of like the melodrama and then like kind of bringing up all these like issues of like abortion and like birth control and you know integrity and sort of like coming of age life stuff uh, cause like, cause like I said, as much as I love sister, 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 sister didn't do any of those things. So it, it is significant. It's a piece of history, a uh, black cultural history that like it should be preserved and never forgotten. Um, particularly since shows that were black girls, black girls who are dark skin, as Moesha was driving the show, like that doesn't happen at all. Like, um, that's a big deal. 
but I, I, I'm not looking for it to be rebooted. I don't need more seasons. I don't want... It's finished. It, it ran its course. It did what it, it needed to do. It really did. It really, really did. Um, thank you for... Thanks for the memories, but we're done now. We're, we're done, done now. now. Uh, um, and that's and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And we should probably... I should probably mention, too, because it's worth mentioning... Um, Hakeem's mother, Bernetta, who's played by the infamous Joe Marie Payton, um, better known as Harriet Winslow from Family Matters, hit the lotto um, some season four, I believe, of Moesha, which I feel like it's not discussed in a major way on the show, but definitely would impact how Frank feels about Hakeem living with his daughter. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just had to throw that in there because Frank is trash. He's classist and he's trash. Um, but yeah, overall, Moesha was a great show. It had a great impact. I would like to see another show about another unambiguously black girl um, living her best life or her worst life, um, just living a regular teenage life. I want to see the ups. I want to see the downs. Um, but it doesn't have to be Moesha and it doesn't have to be in the same format as Moesha. We can give her a single mom. We can give her a single dad. We can make her a little poor. We can make her a little bit richer. Um, we don't have to follow this blueprint. Like we have, this groundwork that's been laid, but we don't have to follow this formula to a T. Give us more shows with more diversity and more variety about Black girls. That's all we want. Same. I I would definitely love, like, a true blue drama. Um, I'd love, like, a teen drama uh, about Black kids. That would be really, really nice. Um, as somebody who is, like, a deep lover of shows like Dawson's Creek and Felicity and and um, Roswell and all that great stuff uh i would love it and i and like you know the groundwork's been laid it's just there for you to to take um and it's just there for you to do um but but this show is it brandy was it it's a it's definitely a shining icon of the 90s and um There you have it, folks. This is everything that we think made the back half of Moesha good, bad, basic, and innovative. If you'd like to check out this nostalgic series, Moesha is currently streaming on Netflix. Please let us know your thoughts on this series via our Twitter or Instagram. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share it with your friends. We'll be keeping our throwback season rolling next week with our recap of the hit Moesha spinoff series, The Parkers. The Parkers is also currently streaming on Netflix, so get into it if you haven't already, because you don't want to miss out on this conversation. The Good, The Bad, The Basic is streaming on all major podcast platforms, so be sure to listen to all of our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media. Please follow at The Good, Bad, Basic on Twitter and at Good, Bad, Basic Pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content as well as our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic, where all of our episodes drop first. 
If you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron on Patreon. Become a member of the GBB family at patreon.com forward slash good bad basic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material. Until next time, bye everyone.